The president of Palau, Sarango Whips Jr., arrived at Taoyuan Airport on Sunday, where he was greeted by Minister of Foreign Affairs Joseph Wu. Whips lauded Taiwan's pandemic response and thanked the U.S. for helping to make his trip possible. He said he looked forward to enjoying Taiwan's food and scenery, as well as strengthened ties between Taiwan and Palau. The trip is his first abroad since assuming office in January. Wearing a face mask adorned with the flags of Taiwan and Palau, Ally Nation Palau's President Sarango Whips Jr. arrives with a delegation at Taoyuan's airport, where he is greeted by Wu. And this really is only possible because of the incredible work that your government, uh, President Chai, and your Ministry of Health has done over the past year in controlling, containing, and really keeping the people of Taiwan COVID safe. Whips thanks the U.S. for its support in making the delegation's trip possible. The Ambassador of the United States has joined us here today, and it's very significant because really without their support, in the beginning of January, we received the first vaccines, and we're very fortunate to be part of the United States' program of Operation Warp Speed. So it really took the partnership of these, the three of us together working to make sure that this day could come. We look forward to seeing the beautiful country, visiting the people, and tasting good food, and further deepening and strengthening our relationship. Whips, who assumed office on January 21st, has continued his predecessor's rejection of diplomatic ties with China and has continued his country's support for Taiwan. Taiwan is also the first country he has visited since becoming president. Earlier in the day, the Central Epidemic Command Center explained the disease prevention protocol for the president. Three days before coming to Taiwan, Whips received a PCR test in Palau. Therefore, he will not be tested after arrival, only once prior to his departure. At his hotel here, he will have his exclusive entrance, his own private elevator, and a separate dining area, so he will not come in contact with other guests at the hotel. On this five-day trip, Whips has a packed itinerary, including a meeting with President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday. On April 1st, he will return to Palau on the same plane that will carry the first travel bubble visitors to Palau, symbolically activating the Taiwan-Palau travel bubble. Consumer concerns over pork have dominated headlines in recent months. But have you ever done a blind taste test on pork from different countries? We were invited to one such test at a restaurant in Taichung, where the chef was keen to find out if diners could pick the Taiwan pork out from its Spanish rivals. And perhaps more important, answer the question, which tastes better? A pork shoulder is cut into delicate slithers and brought to the table. After just a few seconds, in a boiling hot pot, it's a perfect bite. Then the waiter brings out another pork shoulder, sliced the same as before. These 10 customers have an important task. It's a blind taste test, and they need to work out which plate of meat is Taiwanese pork. For real pork lovers, telling Taiwan and Spanish pork apart is easy. Taiwanese pork is more solid. It has more chewiness. Iberian pork has a slightly stronger flavor. After the hot pot, it's on to the voting. Each test taker rates the pork by flavor, and the results are a resounding victory for the local produce. They put that down to its freshness. 
Lots of manufacturers try to sell us foreign pork, like Iberian pork, Danish pork. Our taste tests have shown us that actually they're not as good as Taiwanese pork. Of course, Iberian pork is a favorite for many, but Taiwan pork still enjoys the home advantage. It's fresh, it's local, and it tastes just like home. The global online gambling industry has seen rapid growth since the start of the pandemic. In Taiwan, many game designers and software engineers work in online gambling, despite the fact that all employment related to gambling is illegal. They're able to do so because of a legal loophole that lets contractors do online projects for international gambling companies, provided that they claim ignorance of what those projects are used for. As this unregulated cottage industry expands, calls are growing for the government to close the loophole, especially as it gives rise to more serious crimes like money laundering. Our Sunday special report. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The casino tokens come and go, bringing euphoria to some and distress to others. But at this gambling table, you needn't fear losing a fortune because this is not a casino. It's a croupier training program. We train dealers for games most commonly seen at casinos around the world, such as blackjack, baccarat, roulette, Texas Hold'em. That's what we designed this course for. National Kaohsiung University of Hospitality and Tourism is one of the few institutions in Taiwan with a course focused on the gambling industry. Every year, more than 300 students train here to acquire the skills of a croupier. I think it's so cool. Seeing croupiers deal cards so nimbly is awesome. In 2009, the Offshore Islands Development Act was passed, allowing for the construction of casinos in Penghu, Jinmen and Matsu if approved by a local referendum. The only county to vote in favor ended up being Matsu in 2012. But even now, laws and regulations to allow construction to begin have yet to be passed. Courses on gambling that were established back then trained students for a casino that never came. After graduation, the only option for many was to find a job abroad. It really is a shame. For me, as someone who's been in casino dealer training for 10 years, to keep having to send my students abroad is a real pity. Chen Yongbing says that every year, 10 to 15 of his students are forced to go abroad to find a job in a casino. Most of us aspire to go to Macau because there are big casinos there. I chose to study at NKUHT with the objective of becoming a croupier in Macau. I would rather stay in Taiwan. I hope that in the future, this industry will be developed in Taiwan so that we can use our skills and expertise in the field. Taiwanese aren't just going abroad to work at brick-and-mortar casinos. Many are also going overseas to work as subcontractors for online gambling companies. Online gambling, as the name implies, is when people gamble on the internet or engage in gambling. You might do that by going on a gambling website and placing your bets. That's the simplest definition. Online casinos need a lot of software engineers to code and design programs. 
This has created many opportunities for outsourced work in the online gambling industry. In recent years, many Taiwanese have gone to the Philippines for these kinds of jobs. In 2016, the government of the Philippines cracked down on the underground online gambling industry through a licensing campaign. The country now has around 60 licensed operators. Other countries in Southeast Asia, such as Vietnam, have followed suit, allowing their gambling industries to take off. This has led to sharp growth in the industry's market. The COVID-19 pandemic further fueled growth in the online gambling sector. According to the American Gambling Association, the second quarter of 2020 marked a downturn for brick-and-mortar casinos, while online casinos experienced rapid growth. Operators estimate that around 3,000 Taiwanese currently work online gambling-related jobs in the Manila metropolitan area. But these jobs don't always come without problems. At first time, I don't know is a illegal business here. I know nothing. <coughs> Only thing I know is that I wanna have a job. Sitting next to a Philippine senator is a 24-year-old Taiwanese woman denouncing the illegal gambling company that hired her to attract customers from China. She says her employer took her passport from her. Hers is not the only such case. According to Taiwan's Criminal Investigation Bureau, many seek consular assistance from Taiwan's representative office in the Philippines for similar reasons. There were 11 incidents in 2018, 12 in 2019, and 8 between January and August of 2020. The root cause for all these incidents is that although the Philippines has an abundance of legal gambling companies, it also has many operating outside the law. That's why many Taiwanese would rather avoid the trouble and wish that Taiwan would create its own gambling industry. Taiwan has a lot of talent in this area. From my understanding, there are more than 30,000 people in the industry. They're all very skilled and it's a smart industry. I think if Penghu wants more industrial development, this is an industry that would work in Penghu. It could become a sort of production chain, a smart production chain. Chen Guangfu is a former commissioner of Penghu and a big advocate for establishing a gambling subcontractor park in the county. These days, if you browse through any job bank website, you're bound to find numerous openings for work related to online casinos. These openings are not entirely legal. In Taiwan, doing subcontracted work for these companies falls in a legal gray area. Many gambling operators are multinationals. They may have set up a parent company abroad with a branch in Taiwan. Work in any way related to gambling is illegal in Taiwan, but online gambling firm subcontractors have found ways to circumvent these regulations. One way to do that is establishing a head company in a foreign country like Samoa. Then they open a branch office for it in Taiwan. This way, the Samoa office can outsource work to Taiwan, allowing employees in Taiwan to work on projects related to online gambling. Say that employees really are just working on projects that happen to have been sent in by a gambling firm. They are just developing software and making hardware. If they don't know that the software and hardware are destined to be used by a gambling firm, or to be used so that people can gamble. So it's very hard to make a case and charge them with a gambling offense. Since they are overseas companies, their operations are outside of the jurisdiction of Taiwan's judicial system. 
as such, subcontractors that work on projects for gambling companies are in a legal gray area. They do they say they do website maintenance, but they don't just fix issues with the system. They can see the money coming in and out of gamblers' accounts, because they are also assisting with the back-end operations and management of gambling websites. So seeing all these gambling gains and losses, they can't claim that they didn't know the website was actually involved in online gambling. Another problem for law enforcement is this. Many of these online casino subcontractors are a front for money laundering. Every now and then, reports come up in the news of subcontractors running their own online casinos or even laundering money via fake Chinese accounts. But with a market valued at hundreds of millions of US dollars worldwide, clamping down on the sector is a no-win situation for Taiwanese law enforcement. You can set some rules. For example, say the software design can be exported to other countries but can't be used in Taiwan. You can allow exports on that front. The gambling industry is worth hundreds of millions every year. Currently, Taiwan's laws only regulate brick-and-mortar casinos, leaving room for companies to outsource lucrative online gambling projects to Taiwan. But the lack of a legal framework pushes these operations under the table, giving rise to concerns over public security. As demand increases for these services, experts say that police investigations are not enough. They say it's time for the government to start regulating the industry to crack down on criminal behavior. Well, it's almost Tomb Sweeping Festival, and up in the mountains of Alishan, a very special little creature is getting ready to celebrate the tradition. We're talking about the firefly. Alishan is home to over 40 species of the luminescent bug. This year, despite fears they could be hurt by the ongoing drought, Experts say fireflies are going from strength to strength. A sea of fireflies hovers overhead. Their trails of light, like so many tiny shooting stars, provide an enchanting foil to the landscape. In April on Alishan, they can be found in the woods, over the fields, and pretty much anywhere you care to look. Alishan may be the very best place in the country for a unique chance to view fireflies. It's almost tomb-sweeping national holiday, and the Alishan administration held this event for hostel owners and community members to advertise the beauty of their home. Peak firefly season is upon us, perfect timing for a magical trip up the mountain. As the story goes, glowworm, won't you have some tea? Well, what tea should you take together? Alishan High Mountain Tea. There are 42 different firefly species across the greater Alishan area. They can be found from the lowest plains to the highest peaks. But with the spring rain as delayed as it is this year, many fear that fireflies could be severely impacted. This year we're in a crisis of water shortage, but the fireflies haven't been affected. Alishan has already celebrated its annual Ocean of Cherry Blossoms, as well as its ethereal wisteria season. Now it's firefly time. Whether you're a parent with kids raring to explore nature or a photographer looking for your next artistic challenge, perhaps a spot of glowworm watching is in store.